This is the third time now that we are looking at 1 Peter 2, 18-20 with regard to Peter's words to slaves. And we've been asking what makes this subjection here even to unjust masters distinctively Christian. And in this session, I want to ask about motivation. Father, as, as we talk about motivation that the slaves were to have for this kind of behavior, grant that we would experience the same motivation in our appropriate relationships of submission and authority. Teach us deeply what these motives are, I pray, and perform them in us, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We did see a motivation last time. Servants, be subject to your masters in all fear, we called this, in all fear of God, or with respect, with all respect of God. And I argued that this fear or this respect is toward God and that this master is not our final fear, but God is. There is another motive in this text. Let's read the text and see if you spot it. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it you endure... This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Twice he uses this phrase, this is a gracious thing when mindful of God you endure sorrows unjustly. Here, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God when you do good and suffer for it. So the motivation is, um, as you're suffering, unjustly, from an unjust master, suffering unjustly, instead of thinking thoughts only about the master, be mindful of God, and we related that last time to fearing him, be mindful of God also because in his sight, what you're experiencing as you do not return evil for evil is a beautiful thing, a gracious thing. And I just want to probe a little more into what that is and how it functions. And you might ask, is it, is it legitimate for us to see ourselves here since he's talking to slaves? That's a very good question. The principle that enables me to say yes is if you find the same kinds of arguments and the same kind of responses being recommended for everyone that he recommends for servants, then you know he's not dealing with something unique to servants when he teaches them to endure sorrows this way and keep on doing good. So let's look. Chapter 3, verse 14 to 17. Even if you, and that's everybody, that's all Christians, even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, and that's exactly what was happening to the slaves, 
They were suffering unjustly for doing good. So here we are, suffering for righteousness' sake, for doing good. You'll be blessed. Have no fear of them. No fear of them. Do not be troubled, for it is better to suffer for doing good, just like he told the slaves, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. He told them not to sin. So the same kind of arguments and instructions are being given to everybody that he gave to slaves, which means that he's simply taking Christian principles of motivation and behavior and applying them specifically to slaves. But the same principles apply to everybody, and we should take them into consideration in our relationships. Now, what does this mean? It is a gracious thing when... Mindful of God, you endure sorrows. It's a gracious thing in the sight of God when you do good and suffer for it. How's that to motivate us? What does gracious thing mean here? Does it mean it's just beautiful to God and nothing comes of it? Or does it imply some kind of benefit or reward that's coming our way? Now, let's let's first go to Jesus, then we'll go to a nearer context, because Jesus I think Peter is drawing on Jesus over and over again in this letter. Jesus said, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? And that's the same word for gracious thing. For even sinners who love the love uh, for even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those, there's the do good part. To those who do, who do good to you, what benefit? There's the same word. Is that to you? Even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit? That's a different word. Is that to you? But same idea. Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies. Do good. And lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward, benefit, benefit, reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. So this word, which is the same word used back in First Peter, becomes this word, which inclines me to think that when Peter says here, this is a gracious thing when you endure sorrows, and it's a gracious thing when you suffer for doing good, he doesn't just mean that presently God looks upon it with favor. He means good is coming your way. Reward is coming your way. And that is supported if we go and look at the logic of 3.9 in 1 Peter. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. On the contrary, bless. If we looked a little wider context back in Luke 7, the words of Jesus uses this word also. So do good, bless, don't return evil for evil. On the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. In other words, there's a, a reward promised. Reward. You're going to get a blessing if you bless those who revile you instead of cursing them. So, back here in 
1 Peter 2, 8 and 9, it's a gracious thing when mindful of God you endure sorrows while suffering unjustly. It's a gracious thing if uh, you do good and suffer for it. In the sight of God, these are beautiful things, and I think the implication is, according to the words of Jesus and 1 Peter 3, 9, you will be rewarded graciously and lavishly. So, two things. One, when you're suffering unjustly, and this applies to all of us, little or big suffering, we should um, keep God's favor, favor in view. God regards this as a beautiful thing. He looks upon us with favor. He blesses us. And we should keep in mind that it will all be made up to us. That's the reward to us someday. There's no way we could survive this without the confidence that God regards what we're enduring and our endurance of it, that is, he regards our behavior of endurance as beautiful, and he's going to make it up to us.